Savitri, Book 7, Canto 3, The Entry into the Inner Countries. This is Part 2. It's on pages 491 through 495. Savitri has made it through the area where things come up into her being from her subconscious. It's also the part of her being where the life force is affected by subconscious influences and disorganized mental impulses. She saw the actions of the instincts of the senses when they lacked the presence of the soul and the presence of the organizing mind. She saw life still dipping down into the subconscious and just in the most basic level of mind. Now she's moving in a vast calm space, a place of tranquility and light, a place of happiness and peace. She has a chance to rest from the hard work she did to get through everything so far. But this does not last long. In this part of Savitri's yoga to find her soul, she's going to experience the different kinds of vital energy forces that move us all when our vital is without the higher presence of our soul. Sri Aurobindo uses mystic poetry to give us many powerful descriptions of the strength of these energies and the power they can have over us when we can't control them. In Book 2, the king, Savitri's father, travels down through all the vital planes to find out why the life forces are so difficult to deal with. He has learned that life is undergoing the difficult ordeal of the flesh in order to bring the immortal spirit into the dense, inert, physical matter of our bodies. He goes all the way back to the most primitive life impulses coming from the first time life first plunged into our inconscient matter. In Savitri's journey on the way to find her soul, Sri Aurobindo speaks of all these impulses in the experience he gives us with his mystic poetry. On the king's way, Sri Aurobindo describes the universal vital planes. He shows how our vital energies are affected by the energies and entities living in those planes. Here in Savitri, when Savitri is doing her yoga, he shows us how we can be attracted by these energies and how we come under their influence. He describes the dangers of becoming overcome by vital energies and being controlled by them. He doesn't specify them here, but they are things like anger, jealousy, hate, and greed, feelings of destruction and loneliness and despair, and many others that could be added to this list. He starts by saying that all the vital energies are like mighty and dangerous oceans. 
Oceans which make huge climbing waves when they are not governed by mind or soul. Our soul brings us peace. It brings us care and kindness, truth, right vision, understanding and wisdom and self-control. Our mind brings us order and organization. Savitri walks through a veritable tsunami of dangerous drowning waves. The enormous voice of the uncontrolled seas cries to her spirit. Its torrent carries the world's hopes and fears. It carries all of life's and nature's dissatisfied hungry cry. It carries the longing that all eternity cannot fill. We all have this endless seeking in us which pushes us. It's something we have to discipline and control. It comes from the lower depths. It brings dangerous longings for nature's primitive joy and the fire and mystery of forbidden delight and the honey-sweet poison wine of lust and death. The infinite nature of desire itself tempts a deep, dissatisfied urge within us to long for the unfulfilled and the ever far away. And our life never gets beyond endless running to fill desires which are never fulfilled. There are always new ones. And always something that we say to ourselves about, Oh, I always wanted that. Oh, I always wanted to do that. Sri Aurobindo says that the call of these energies is a summons to a Circean transmuting dance. It is a summons to passion's tendency in the courts of love and the wild beasts ramp and romp with beauty and life. Circe is a character in Greek mythology. She was an island sorceress in the Odyssey. She had the form of a very attractive, very beautiful woman. She sat upon dangerous rocks and sang a song which so tempted and so bewitched sailors that they wrecked their ships upon the rocks and drowned in the sea. Here we can drown in the enormous waves of these uncontrolled lower vital energies. Vital passions and personal desires can take the place of real love. Then we miss the opportunity for the true beauty and light of the loving soul. The soul which brings us the tenderness and the kindness, the goodness and the giving that are real loving. Instead, the wild beasts ramp and romp in us and through us disfigures and destroys beauty and life. We are pushed and we are pulled to the heights, to the depths, over and over again, without end. Sri Aurobindo warns us that these powers are not blunt with the dead weight of earth. They give ambrosious taste, but they also give poison's sting. We can be deceived into thinking they come from the divine, 
because an inner voice can speak the unreal's word, and instead of truth, it's falsehood. The voices of our own mind are used to deceive us. He says, quote, There was an ardor in the gaze of life that saw heaven blue in the gray air of night. The impulses Godward soared on passion's wings. Sri Aurobindo warns us of a danger of people being trapped in a region of no escape. All they can do is serve life's desires, nothing higher. Then the soul has nothing it can do. It's been kind of tricked into a body, in a sense. And the body goes its own ways, finally perishing. And the soul leaves without any real progress in this life. Sri Aurobindo explains what to do to not be affected by all this uncontrolled power of life energy. He says, quote, Yet some uncaught, unslain, can warily pass, carrying truth's image in the sheltered heart, pluck knowledge out of error's screening grip, break paths through the blind walls of self, then travel on to reach a greater life. Savitri is not affected by the uncontrolled waves of vital energies. She sees them stream past her and recede into a distant roar. Sri Aurobindo says, Through it all, she moved not, plunged not in the vain waves, out of the vastness of the silent self, life's clamor fled. Her spirit was mute and free. Savitri, the Book of Yoga. The Entry into the Inner Countries, Part 2. A while she moved through a blank tranquility of naked light from an invisible sun. A void that was a bodiless happiness. A blissful vacuum of nameless peace. But now a mightier danger's front drew near. The press of bodily mind, the inconscience brood of aimless thought and will, had fallen from her. Approaching loomed a giant head of life ungoverned by mind or soul, subconscient, vast. It tossed all power into a single drive. It made its power a might of dangerous seas. Into the stillness of her silent self, into the whiteness of its muse of space, a spate a torrent of the speed of life broke like a wind-lashed, driven mob of waves racing on a pale floor of summer sand. It drowned its banks, a mountain of climbing waves. Enormous was its vast and passionate voice. It cried to her listening spirit as it ran, demanding God's submission to chainless force. A deaf force, 
calling to a status dumb. A thousand voices in a muted vast, it claimed the heart's support for its clutch at joy. For its need to act, the witness soul's consent. For its lust of power, her neutral being's seal. Into the wideness of her watching self, it brought a grandiose gust of the breath of life. Its torrent carried the world's hopes and fears, all life's, all nature's dissatisfied hungry cry, and the longing all eternity cannot fill. It called to the mountain secrecies of the soul and the miracle of the never-dying fire. It spoke to some first inexpressible ecstasy hidden in the creative beat of life. Out of the nether unseen deeps, it tore its lure and magic of disordered bliss. Into earth light poured its maze of tangled charm and heady draught of nature's primitive joy and the fire and mystery of forbidden delight drunk from the world libido's bottomless well and the honey-sweet poison wine of lust and death but dreamed a vintage of glory of life's gods and felt as celestial rapture's golden sting. The cycles of the infinity of desire and the mystique that made an unrealized world wider than the known and closer than the unknown in which hunt forever the hounds of mind and life tempted a deep, dissatisfied urge within to long for the unfulfilled and ever far and make this life upon a limiting earth a climb towards summits vanishing in the void, a search for the glory of the impossible. It dreamed of that which never has been known. It grasped at that which never has been won. It chased into an Elysian memory the charms that flee from the heart's soon-lost delight. It dared the force that slays, the joys that hurt, the imaged shape of unaccomplished things, and the summons to a Circean transmuting dance, and passion's tendency of the courts of love, and the wild beasts ramp and rump with beauty and life. It brought its cry and surge of opposite powers, its moments of the touch of luminous planes, its flame ascensions and sky-pitched vast attempts, its fiery towers of dream built on the winds its sinkings towards the darkness and the abyss, its honey of tenderness, its sharp wine of hate, its changes of sun and cloud, of laughter and tears. 
its bottomless danger pits and swallowing gulfs, its fear and joy and ecstasy and despair, its occult wizardries, its simple lines and great communions and uplifting moves, its faith in heaven, its intercourse with hell. These powers were not blunt with the dead weight of earth. They gave ambrosious taste and poison's sting. There was an ardor in the gaze of life that saw heaven blue in the gray air of night. The impulses Godward soared on passion's wings. Mind's quick-paced thoughts floated from their high necks, a glowing splendor as of an irised mane, a parura of pure intuition's light. Its flame-foot gallop they could imitate. Mind's voices mimicked inspiration's stress, its ictus of infallibility, its speed and lightning heaven leap of the gods. A trenchant blade that shore the nets of doubt, its sword of discernment seemed almost divine. Yet all that knowledge was a borrowed son's. The forms that came were not heaven's native births. An inner voice could speak the unreal's word. Its puissance, dangerous and absolute, could mingle poison with the wine of God. On these high shining backs, falsehood could ride. Truth lay with delight in error's passionate arms gliding downstream in a blithe gilded barge. She edged her ray with a magnificent lie. Here in life's nether realms all contraries meet. Truth stares and does her works with bandaged eyes. And ignorance is wisdom's patron here. Those galloping hooves in their enthusiast speed could bear to a dangerous intermediate zone where death walks, wearing a robe of deathless life. Or they entered the valley of the wandering gleam, whence captives or victims of the specious ray, souls trapped in that region never can escape. Agents, not masters, they serve life's desires, toiling forever in the snare of time. Their bodies, born out of some Nihil's womb, ensnare the spirit in the moment's dreams, then perish, vomiting the immortal soul out of matter's belly into the sink of naught. Yet some uncaught, unslain, can warily pass, carrying truth's image in the sheltered heart, pluck knowledge out of error's screening grip, break paths through the blind walls of little self, 
then travel on to reach a greater life. All this streamed past her and seemed to her vision's sight as if around a high and voiceless isle a clamor of waters from far unknown hills swallowed its narrow banks in crowding waves and made a hungry world of white wild foam. Hastening, a dragon with a million feet, its foam and cry a drunken giant's din, tossing a mane of darkness into God's sky, it ebbed, receding into a distant roar. Then smiled again a large and tranquil air. Blue heaven, green earth, partners of beauty's reign lived as of old, companions in happiness. And in the world's heart laughed the joy of life. All now was still. The soil shone dry and pure. Through it all, she moved not, plunged not in the vain waves. Out of the vastness of the silent self, life's clamor fled. Her spirit was mute and free.